Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley DiMaria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It is the week of September 5th, Labor Day weekend, the 23rd week in ordinary time, and for many college football fans, which of course both Ann and I are, it is opening weekend. Good morning, Ann. Morning, Haley. Looking forward to talking to you uh, today about back to school for you, um, this tornado that found its way yeah. towards, what do you call it? Do you call it the Eastern Shore? Are you Eastern Shore? So we're not yeah. the Eastern Shore. Yeah. We're Annapolis. The Eastern Shore is the eastern side of the Chesapeake Bay. Okay. So it's the part of Maryland that's across the bay, but not on the ocean. It's the Eastern Shore of the Bay. Huh. Yeah, good okay. question. All right, little geography lesson here already in our, um, you know, podcast. Um, we'll talk a little bit about fall and fall sports and what that means for people. Um, my school year is off and running, and and what that I create, what I I create an analog for that to something that people might be familiar with. Um, you're going to share the words of Pope Francis, and I would like to talk about the anniversary of 9/11. So. Tell me um, what's hot, what's um, going on with the flame this week. So we, our flame was a tornado this week. Um, It made the national news, so a lot of people may have heard of it. So we had our first day of school on Wednesday, September 1st. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an ex- it's exciting, right? The first day of school, the kids are excited. The teacher is excited. There's a ton of energy. Um, you know, we were in person last year, so there there wasn't that added layer to it. But there's also the added energy and, you know, curiosity and anxiety, even for some, over this Delta variant. You know, we're still dealing with it. But, um, you know, about 1.15, I got a message from a colleague that said, we're closing it too. <laughs> you oh. know, there is a hurricane coming, or excuse me, tornado coming because of the hurricane. So, you know, you never really know, you know, are we overreacting? Are we panicking? Um, Are we creating all of this disruption on the first day of school? And for our parents, you know, it's not easy to kind of all of a sudden on a dime pick up your child in 45 minutes for some families. Um, So there's always that, you know, what are we really doing here? So we get in the middle of car line at about 2 o'clock and about 10, 15 minutes into car line, which... You know, I don't know if you do car line in, in high school, you have drivers, but the first couple of weeks of car line is always a, 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 an experiment as well, right? Because you have new families, they don't know what they're doing. We get an alert on our phones that there is a tornado warning. It has touched down in Annapolis. Take shelter now. And wow. yes. And I will say, overreact. Um, we have, you know, new leadership in our school. Our head of school is just entering her second year. And I have been so impressed, even last year, this year, with COVID, with it must be an extraordinary time to be a new head of school. Um, she, you know, in an, in a second, bring the kids inside, took control, shut us down, sheltered in place. Um, you know, and that's a that's a scary thing for a child too, right? All of a sudden there's a tornado. Our faculty was amazing. Our lower school middle teacher got her guitar. She's singing This is the Day the Lord has Made with our students in the hallways, you know, as they're sheltering. Our art teacher, you know, is doing origami with the students. We sheltered in place for 45 minutes, and those kids were so safe and secure. It was it was inspiring to see as someone in education. Um, wow. You know, it was education at, at its best. 
Um, in, in kind of a really scary, terrifying situation for little kids. These kids are, you know, age five to 14. Um, so anyway, it was kind of an exciting, crazy first day of school, but also really makes you feel good about, um, one, where you work, two, where you're sending your kids and just three, boy, you know, educators just always have their hearts in the right place. Um, I'd like to think, you know, that's what my experience is. And um, so, yeah, that's us. We're back to school. It came in with a tornado and uh, hopefully it'll be smooth sailing from there. (laughs) Wow. That is, um, that is dramatic. And that'll be something that they will reference probably for the rest of their lives. The first day of school. Yeah. Um, We certainly have not had a tornado, Haley. We've had air quality um, issues because of fires, um, which are slowly being contained. So that's some good news. And um, like, for example, our, you know, football team wasn't able to play last week, but they were this week. So small signs of just, you know, and people are, um, who had to evacuate are able to return. So small signs of hope. Um, but I've always likened the beginning of the school year to getting a plane off the ground it just, it takes so much effort to get the plane, you know, lifted so that you're in cruising, you know, cruise, what is the cruise control or what, you know, or you can take your yeah, autopilot, off. right. Or, yeah. or you get to that tent. That's a great analogy because yeah. there's so much that goes into it. And there are usually is a little turbulence kind of bumping as you, you know, Correct. get to that 10,000 feet. Yep. And that's sort of what the first couple of weeks of school are like, right? A little bumpy. Right. You're, no, you're hanging also, on, you're trusting the pilots, the leadership. Yeah. Well, it's the most dangerous part of the flight as well. So take, you know, take care as you start that. So we're not quite cruising. Um, our seatbelts are still on, uh-huh. but um, we are, we're getting there. And you're just always reminded, like, for example, the importance, you know, I teach high school, so I have classes that change. So for um, middle school teachers, this would resonate with them and maybe not so much for, you know, the little ones, but you really need to know their names, like the importance of a name. It's just, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not just the real, I don't want to say it's just power because you need to be able to address a person by his or her name in order to connect, but also to like, make sure that they're on task or whatever, but also just to make them feel comfortable. So it's very humbling um, learning these new names. And it's also interesting how quickly you do get to know them. I don't put, um, you know, name placards on their desk. Some teachers do, and I respect that, whatever you need to do. Um, So I have a seating chart and I refer to it, but I'm usually pretty good, but I'm still not 100% there. So So um, that's my goal. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because I see our school from such a different perspective because working in admissions, um, you know, and this is only year two for me, in this role. So I actually don't know a lot of the current students, right? You probably know all your students' names that you've had before. And, um, but I know all the new kids, um, you know, all these new students who are walking into the building for the first time. So uh, I actually loved that part of my job this yeah. week because I would stood in the lobby, you know, with other parents or other teachers and faculty members, and they're welcoming in all the students that they know. And I'm uh-huh. there and able to greet, you know, again, by name, right. all of the new students. And I I actually, lo- I really, I hadn't appreciated that about my job up until that point, but um, it That's did. It. it felt really yeah. nice to be able to greet yeah. these new students who are walking through our door for the first time um, by right. name. 
Yeah. And I guarantee it meant a lot for them too, to not be, you know, invisible. Right. So that's yeah. really great. But, but you're right. Old, you know, returning or new students, it, it does make a big difference. Yeah. Um, I have a couple mottos this year. You know, one of them is, um, well, because I'm in administration, like one of my goals is to over communicate, making sure like things are very clear or that the message has been sent. Another one is assume nothing. I just think it helps to not assume that people know or understand, but there's so many gaps that could happen there. For example, we had selection of captains for my varsity girls golf team. And I had said, you can vote for yourself, but you know, some girls didn't hear it. So don't assume that they do hear it, put it in multiple formats, put it in writing, say it, et cetera. Um, but then, you know, the other end of that, Haley, one of my mottos is, you know, is it Emerson or Thoreau? Simplify, simplify. Like I just, it is, I think it's very countercultural to simplify. I think right. in many ways we know it and it's a timeless message, but I do find it challenging to simplify. So I put that out as a personal challenge, maybe even as like a spiritual challenge. Yes. Well, you know, I've even heard that about, you know, Catholicism in general. You know, it's very simple. It's laid out there for it, us, but it's very difficult to always follow, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I think Jesus makes it very clear what he expects and asks of us. But just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy to do. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. I mean, yeah, I think about sports and like, for example, rowing, it like, it looks like the, there's complexity even in the, you know, it looks simple, but it's like, there's so many different levels to it. So right. I don't know how that helps me to simplify my life, but I've <laughs> got to take out some of the clutter or, you know, a friend was saying, you know, it's like when somebody says to you, I don't have time to get organized. You know, like you have to, you have to make time to be organized. Like you have to work to simplify. It's that same um, counterintuitive effort. Yes. So just some things I think that are good to keep in mind. Somebody the other day said, what are you, what are you hoping to accomplish? You know, we only have four months left in the year. What are you hoping to accomplish between now and January 1st? And I thought, wow, that is such an interesting question. And she was the person who wants to get more organized and kind of talked to me about, you know, people saying that quote, I don't have time to get organized, but how it's something you have to work towards. So yeah, that's actually a great challenge to think of over the next week. We do have four months. What do we want to accomplish? Yeah, yeah it's kind of a renewing of our right. New Year's resolutions that may or may not have happened. Huh. Yeah. So it's an exciting week. Uh, you know, certainly was an exciting weekend. Uh, you mentioned that your football team was able to play. College football is back. I know a few teams played this, you know, the, the weekend prior. But, um, boy, it was I, – I enjoyed – college football this weekend so much um of course you know it, it was a long day yesterday sunday waiting for notre dame to play last night um but it was really fun to watch just all the other games and you know for example i'll you know my my son who is in college he's got friends at a bunch of high school friends at a bunch of different schools and they didn't they weren't going to football games last year so yeah. you know it was so right. exciting to watch the virginia tech game to watch the wake forest games you know to the maryland game you know these schools where i my son has friends at 
and and seeing the full stadium and the energy and yeah. um and to know that they're experiencing this for the first time i just it i smiled all weekend thinking about just fans back in the stands um That's you know cool. and there was a lot of great games and just a lot of energy around college football um which of course i know both you and i love um, yeah. But it it, it kind of gave me a different perspective, realizing some of these kids are there for the first time and, um, you know, how exciting that is. Because as you know, yeah, you know, as much as we love football, there's nothing like being a student at the games. Um, you know, yeah. it's great as an alum, but being the students is super fun. Um, and we can talk about college football a little bit more. Of course, you know, football dominates the fall for most people. Um Water polo kind of dominates our fall schedule. Um, yeah. You know, my son Edward is a senior. His high school team is playing. They returned to competition this weekend. Um, it was so fun to watch. Um, you know, and I think in some ways it's no different than these college football, you know, athletes who are playing that we see on TV. They just love to play, and they are so wow. excited to be back on the field and have fans there. And um, you know, that's how I felt this weekend. It was just so fun to watch these kids play in the pool, this sport that they love and, um, yeah. you know, be able to watch. So yeah, it's exciting it's sports a, filled weekend for sure. Yeah. And there are, there are like times in the year that are just great, like sports, you know, like, I don't know if you want to call it like epic or there's just where it overlaps because major league baseball is really exciting right now. Um, the giants, my team are in first place and the Dodgers came to town and, you know, I've always thought like a good rivalry is such a gift um, to have a rival is, you know, a treat because I just my high school was very like dominant in football and they didn't really have a rival. And so, um, you know, to have like a longstanding rivalry is just it makes things better, whether it's tennis, any sport, baseball, football. Um, so they battled it out and the Giants took the series two out of three. That's their final meeting of the year. Giants won 10, the Dodgers won nine. Going into yesterday's game, they even scored the same number of runs against each other. Wow. And it's just, you know, it's exciting. Whether or not you like baseball, it's just, it blows my mind because if you objectively compare the lineups of the Dodgers and the Giants, there really is no comparison. The Dodgers have the highest payroll in MLB. Giants have a a very high payroll, so I'm not going to say it's like, you know, know, way low on the – uh, 26 teams or now if it's 28, I forget, but there is no, they have so much talent. Their batting averages are higher, but as a team against the giants, their batting average is not very good. It's interesting. So um, giants did it and, you know, we're vying for to win the NLS cause you don't want to be a wild card and MLB. So we'll see. So every weekend now, Haley, I have baseball and I have college football. And we have the NFL on its way too. So yeah, it's no, you're right. And that, you know, it is exciting. Um, you know, Baltimore, the Orioles are not really having a great season. No, but they had a good win over the Yankees. They but. did. I know. And, um, but it, I, you know, I'm a big baseball fan and, um, but it's, it is more exciting when you have a, a team like that to root for. But I will say I, um, I had ESPN on this weekend and um, I was waiting for one game to start or another and they were showing a documentary that they showed before it was a repeat. And I can't remember when it came out. It might've been two or three years ago, but it's called Sports After 9-11. And I don't, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, and it goes through and walks through the return to sports after 9-11 happened. And yeah. I just happened to turn it on when um, 
they were showing the the Mets game against the Braves yep. and the, you know, yeah. of course the Mike Piazza home run. And, you know, that there's so much to talk about there. I mean, we could probably do an entire month of podcasts on, you know, sports and what that meant, especially after 9-11. That, that program is so well done. I think for those of us who lived through it, um, you know, and, and social media wasn't as big 20 years ago as it is now. So I think yeah. we all knew this was happening and we heard about yeah. it, but to actually watch it collectively, um, you know, kind of the, that return to sports and what it meant in all of the right. different sports. Um, I mean, I, 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 it's really powerful. Um, yeah. and that's why we play, um, you know, even, even when, you know, the, the Mets are playing the, the Braves and they hate each other. Um, yeah. you know, they didn't that day and, you know, you're always competitive against a rival, but you, there was so much more going on there than sports yeah. in that moment. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to get through that without getting emotional. Um, yeah. but great. it was, it's a great program and, um, yeah. I would recommend it for anybody. I'm sure I'll watch it. I I've got my DVR taped for so much of, um, you know, the programming that's going on this week. So it's going to be a tough yeah. week in many ways. Um, it's hard to believe it's been 20 years. Yeah. So, you know, just in terms of our spiritual stew, that is um, what I would, you know, wanted to kind of cook, talk a little bit about. Um, I haven't seen that program, Haley, but I do show nine innings from ground zero. And it's the story of baseball, um, in particular, the role it played for the people in New York City. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, it starts with Mike Piazza's home run. Um, you know, people probably, you know, young people wouldn't know that there was no sports for over a week. Part of it was because, you know, obviously planes weren't even flying. Um, travel was, you know, minimized by um, the FAA. So um, the return of it. And then the, the Yankees beat the Mariners, who were the best team in baseball. They had the best record in baseball. And then they go on and they're against the D-backs, your your Arizona Diamondbacks, and it's just an awesome story. So Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to just compare and contrast and um, the two programs. I remember when I went to the the museum um, at Ground Zero, they had a special exhibit on sports. And I don't know if it's still there. It was new and it was, I would hope that it's part of it. But, you know, some of the jerseys, some of the kind of, you know, ticket stubs and um, different things that people had given or participated in were on display. So they did an awesome job at that. And I talked a little bit about the museum um, in class um, because one person that I always teach about is Father Michael Judge. He was a Franciscan priest and he's identified as victim 0001. And um, there's a very, we can actually, it might be a great powerful cover image. It's him being carried out by first Mm -hmm. responders from, you know, the tower where he died. He essentially died blessing people um, on their way out. They They asked for confessions. They asked for a blessing. He went into the tower when people were going, when they were leaving. So they refer to this image of him being carried as a Pieta, which is like Christ being held by his mother, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he died on the cross, that's obviously um, in Rome. But this image really evokes that that notion of giving your life in service to others. And, you know, that's what we do. We, we bury the dead. We carry the body. We tend to the body. Um, and he, you know, had just a very simple prayer that I will um, include. But um, I just love it. It's something we can all say 
And he just said, Lord, take me where you want me to go. Let me meet who you want me to meet. Tell me what you want me to say and keep me out of your way. And I just thought that's really how he lived his life. And it's Mm -hmm. so simple, but it's, it's something we can all say, like we are instruments for God's grace. So there's places we should go. There are things that we should say, and there's times where we need to step away as well. So um, I think he's important to teach about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I haven't seen um, nine innings from ground zero. So I will watch that this week. Yeah. Um, yeah and I would recommend if you have time, which who has time Absolutely. these days, but make time for the the ESPN series. I actually think it might have been, I think they may have made it when they were doing the opening of the sports exhibit at the, um, okay, that makes the, sense. the 9-11 yeah. Memorial Museum. Um, yeah. The timing of, on that seems about right. Um, and we have, I have a family member who um, was personal friends with Michael Judge and, wow. um, and named their son Michael with that. I remember when uh, I didn't know much about um, Michael Judge until my cousin's son was born. And then when I saw the spelling of the name, I thought, well, that's an interesting spelling, you know, and then I yes. realized where it came from. Um, but um, his yeah, legacy lives on in listeners. so many ways. Yes. Yeah. M-Y-C-H-A-S. M-Y-C-H-A-L. Yeah. Just a little different spelling. Um, of I wonder Michael. if it's somebody's last name. You oh, know? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. So my spiritual stew, um, it, you know, in in many ways, for you know Michael Judge, who was in service to others, it was just it's it's a quote from Pope Francis that popped up on social media, which you know I I'll just Tool of evangelization just throw that out there. You know, I you know I will say Pope Francis is a great follow on Twitter. If you don't follow Pope Francis on Twitter, I recommend it. He's got some great nuggets that get thrown out there. And I'd love to think that he's tweeting them himself. He's probably not, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there are some, um, I'm sure they are his words and thoughts, but I did read this and I really, really enjoyed it. And it says, rivers do not drink their own water. Trees do not eat their own fruit. The sun does not shine on itself and flowers do not spread their fragrance for themselves. Living for others is a rule of nature. We are all born to help each other, no matter how difficult it is. Life is good when you are happy, but much better when others are happy because of you. Um, and I just, wow. I loved that. You know, oh, he good. he stripped it right down to nature, right? Things that are, we see every day that we know. Yep. And it is so true. Everything in nature that he talks about, the rivers, trees, the sun, flowers, all of this beauty in nature, none of it's for themselves. Um, you know, none of it is, they are not benefiting from anything that that they are giving themselves. And, you know, again, a very simple reminder, stripped down to basics, that we are here and called to serve others. And um, it might be difficult to do sometimes. It's certainly difficult, you know, if your life is, if you're in a challenging place in your life, I totally get that. It's really hard to do or a lot harder. But life is so much better when others are happy because of you. Um, mm. And, you know, that's that's something that that I'll try to keep with me and and carry with me. You know, there's it's it's not much different, I'm sure, than what you see when you greet your students by name or I'm greeting our new students, you know, as they walk through the door, they smile back. How great is that? Yeah. Um, you know, that that you can make a difference in a, a very simple way like that. And and Pope Francis, I think, does a really nice job of 
of just talking in layperson's terms and yeah. really, really, you know, yeah. cutting it down for us and making it very simple, very clear. Um, yeah. Of course, that word simple, again, doesn't mean it's always easy to do, but no, we know right. what we're supposed to do and what we're called to do. Well, I think, you know, in his wisdom, I mean, there's so much wisdom here because, you know, he's written Laudato Si and, you know, care for creation. And for so many people, that is just a way um, towards God, like nature and the outdoors. And a friend of mine who I went on pilgrimage with in Spain, um, he is like, God is an acronym for get outdoors. And I said, but Billy, outdoors is one word. And like, I knew it was really difficult, but you know, Haley, this reminds me, my, one of my dearest friends from high school who also went to Notre Dame, um, she's a year behind me. She just wrote, she just published her second book. It's a book of poetry and it's entitled what nature knows. And, um, she had a book launch last Saturday, which was so awesome. Um, because I, I just, I don't know in this time post COVID when anyone ventures to do something new or launch something to me, it's just so exciting. Like a friend of mine opened a restaurant bar, you know, and I just thought that is a leap of faith right right now yeah. or that she would have this book launch and it was like, you know, the air quality was terrible and it was really hot, but we still gathered outside and she had this awesome sharing of how the book came to be. But every poem is inspired by her observation of a pear, moss, um, these plants in Florida that um, are lying waterways that are, and they're removed now. And that's leading why, you know, sometimes the effects of hurricanes are worse, but everyone is a reflection on what nature really knows and reveals to us. And I thought that is so true. It's not that nature is the God, it's just the, you know, the vehicle or the path by which we can understand, you know, um, whether it's God, God's self, life lessons, whatever. But I mean, for example, she talked about moss and how moss just doesn't have roots. So it's really important what it's around and it has to get the right amount of, you know, water nutrients in order to survive and how that's true in our lives. Like where, who do we surround ourselves with? Are they providing the nutrients that we need? And I'm oversimplifying it, but to hear Pope Francis's words, um, in this, I can't believe this was a tweet. This was a tweet, by the way. Well, it was, uh, yes, it was a, it was like a meme, like a picture, a picture. not a meme. Okay. You know, yeah. it was a picture of a quote that they tweeted out. Got it. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. like, there's more than, you know, I don't know how many characters you get now. No, Twitter, no, no. Yeah, it was like a picture. or what. <laughs> so um, they are simpatico. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I will have to post um, a link to her book as well. That sounds. Um, it's great. Yeah, I, you know, I wish I could be that simple in my joy. Um, you know, I, I think we did a really, or I did a much better job of it last year during quarantine when I was home and spending hours and hours outside because we couldn't really leave our house. So I would go outside and, you know, notice the birds more and, um, you know, just the, the butterflies and the trees and the leaves. And I did take the time to do that. And I'm not taking the time to do that as much now. Um, so that, that book yeah. of poems would be a good reminder to just, you know, I, I don't want to say stop and smell the roses, but just acknowledge and acknowledge and recognize the, yeah. the what is out there every day for us. Um, you know, it's, know, it's not much different than what, 
you know, Mother Teresa or Jesus is telling us every day, you know, God is around yeah. us and the world is beautiful and, um, you know, yeah. God is omnipresent if we look for him. I know. It's, but just to hear you speak like that, like Haley, you're saying last year I did it, this year I didn't. And I just think it's interesting, like, you know, there's a quote by Rollheiser, God speaks to every element in the language it can, un- you know, it can understand. So, you know, there's times in your life or our lives where maybe the language is nature, but maybe, you know, for me it's sport and it's just interesting, like what captures our attention. And I feel like I've talked about this before with the difference between sight and vision. It's like, so where, you know, for Krissa, it's a, it's, it's not just a one-off. I mean, this is something that she, I mean, she referenced an observation she had, like I said, when she was traveling in Florida, when maybe her son was three years old and she's kept it and she's referring to it in her writing. So it's interesting, like, again, the spiritual discipline of wherever we're at or what is what we're seeing. So, you know, that's what's capturing our attention, whether it's family life, whether it's cooking for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's, you know, obviously sports. Um, that's how I've trained my eye to see, but that doesn't mean it's the only way, obviously. I think we're called in many ways, but no. nature is certainly, I, I know what you're saying, because it's God's gift right there. Yeah, no, but you're right. And that's a great perspective that I hadn't thought of is, um, you know, why should we be limited in one way, in, in this case, nature, in having that be where we, you know, see the beauty of the world, for sure. Yeah. Um, and really, you know, that the, the beauty in the world is is out there, but so much of what makes life beautiful are relationships, right? And those emotional connections that we have. And sport absolutely does that. Um, I mean, I... I played last night, you know, just the video clip to myself and then sent it to, you know, my family of, you know, the song Here Come the Irish and that opening that they play, you know, as the the players, you know, start to run on the field at a home game. And, you know, it 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 gets it gets it it creates emotion. It invokes emotion. That's the word I'm looking for. And, um, you know, even my my 19 year old you know, college student, when I said something to him about it, I said, when I was, we were talking about, I said, James, you've got this for the rest of your life. I said, you will, I I apologize for the burden of being an Notre Dame fan. It is torture, but there is an emotion there that when you hear that song or you hear the fight song or the alma mater and they're on the field, it, it gets, it's emotional. And he said, I know I have to wear sunglasses to the games because I get all teary. And I thought, I love that. Right. But that's what sport is. I, and you have that forever. And, you know, whether you're a Notre Dame fan or whatever team you follow, um, that, and that's, I think what I loved seeing this weekend, watching all these college football games, every school has their traditions. Every school has that energy and the, you know, the emotion it evoked, whether it's, I guess, Wisconsin does the jump around song. I didn't know that, but you know, when you watch it, cause they were showing it, cause it's nice to have fans in the stands. It was great. The Virginia tech game was, would, is going to be a really hard place to play. Mm. Um, you know, of course the Florida state Tomahawk chop is highly annoying, but, um, 
boy, that spirit in that stadium is, um, you know, it's amazing. I don't think it's a coincidence that you call, you know, team spirit using the word spirit. It is a spirit there that permeates. Um, that's, that's passion. It's really fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. So we're happy it's back and yeah, yeah, we can learn from all the different ways, but yeah, what nature knows, I mean, it's, it goes back to that idea of simplify. It's pretty simple. The lessons I think, and I think that's part of the beauty is that it's, um, right. It's not that complicated. No, it's not. And, you know, as we move through this week and we move into the fall, it, it's an exciting time. Um, sports are back in, in a way that we haven't seen them for a long time, which is really fun. Um, but we are going and moving towards an anniversary this weekend, and it is going to be a really hard week for a lot of people. Um, and an emotional week, I think for our country and, and certainly the games that are played next Saturday, um, on the actual anniversary, I know will be very emotional too. They moved the air force Navy game that will be played this Saturday. Usually Navy plays air force in October, but, um, the Falcons are coming to town. So we'll have that game here in Annapolis. Um, you know, I know, you know, people as well who lost loved ones. Um, I think most of us do. Um, so of course we hold them in our hearts as this anniversary approaches. It's really hard to believe it's been 20 years. Um, so a lot of emotions moving through this week and, you know, as we're excited about sports and we're excited about being back at school and, you know, all these exciting things that are going on, I think we need to also remember, um, just what 20 years ago was like, um, and, and really what after, what what it was like afterwards. Um, yeah. You know, there are times when I wish we could go back to that patriotism and that real sense of unity that we had as a country. We've lost mm. that in a very strong way. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's pretty much gone. And for those of us who experienced it, was, um, it was really neat to see. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we can capture that a little bit um but also remember certainly um those who are hurting this week and and still struggling and still living with um you know the effects of not only those who lost loved ones but just those who were there and experienced it i know that was extremely traumatic for for people as well so my spiritual you know stew is you know will be chewing on um the poem you shared but also you know our takeaways and our melting pot will be just keeping in our hearts everyone affected by 9-11 and, and helping our younger ones understand um, yeah. and appreciate what that was. You know, it's history to them um, yeah. and, and not to us. So yeah. um, there's there's ways we can educate and share in that too. So we'll be certainly praying for, for everyone who was affected by those losses. And I think it's, you know, my takeaway from all this is, I think maybe just for me as the educator, but there um so i've referenced like jim martin is a jesuit priest and he wrote a book um ministering i think it's ministering to god at ground zero or but i think sometimes we forget that in the wake of the events of 9-11 you have first responders or any event whether it's you know hurricane ida or you know fires that these responders have spiritual needs and so if, whether it's Michael Judge going into the building or uh, Father Jim Martin was just available and he was allowed to be in this area near where it's basically like, you know, they're cleaning up a tomb and he talks about that. And 
Um, he has a video, it's a brief video, and he just kind of walks people through the different places and he calls it pilgrimage through the events of 9-11 where he ministered. And first of all, I just, I don't know that people know that there were priests and, you know, um, people ministering to these folks, their spiritual needs, because they were very real. I mean, it's, it could, it must've been overwhelming, but he talks about, there were these signs like pointing people to, you know, makeshift signs, like a piece of wood and they spray on morgue. And then another place sprayed on eye washing station. And um, Father Martin every day, like midday would gather people for mass. And he said so many firefighters were Catholic. And Mm -hmm. even if you weren't, it didn't matter. They would have mass. And so they created a wood sign. Somebody, you know, did the same thing and they painted on it the words, the body of Christ. And like, that's what somebody kept hearing, right? When they were giving the Eucharist. And he just thought that that was so powerful, that that was the body of Christ. So um, I think that's just really a beautiful message that, you know, that we have spiritual needs, whether it's starting a school year, Mm -hmm. being the new person, whether I think it is a spiritual need to be able to hear your name on a daily basis Mm -hmm. or, you know, people doing one of the hardest things you could possibly do, which is clearing an attack site and hoping to find bodies, you know, that that was true in Florida this summer or wherever it may be like our spiritual needs, we have them, but they need nourishment. So in what ways can we offer nourishment to each other spiritually is a great thing to, I think, think about this week. Yeah, that is. That's a that's a great takeaway for all of us. Um, and next weekend, um, you know, I know we'll we'll all be you know cheering and praying, and it's such a you know they don't they don't have to be independent of each other. Um, we can certainly do both, and I think we we try to do that here at Faith Fondue. So for all of our listeners, know that it's okay to cheer and celebrate and um, be excited for sports to be back. Um, and to enjoy that, but also, to, you know, in the same time, remember um, to to meet and do the best we can, the spiritual needs of others, even if it's something as simple as a name or a smile. So, Anne, I hope you have a great week. Um, I look forward to when we connect again, uh, hopefully sometime soon. Sounds good, Haley. Have a good week as well and stay safe there. Glad everyone is, is safe on that first day, and I hope that's you know, I hope that's the most drama you have in your school this year. So. Amen to that. <laughs> All, right, yeah. All right. Have a good week. Yep. You too. Bye, listeners.